My name is Matt Brown. Nice. And let's start the show. is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. How are we doing everybody? It is Monday, June 14th, 2021 and we are ready to start a broadcast week off right in the world of podcasting as well. So good times ahead for everybody and it's mid-June and we are really happy and we have a lot to talk about with a very, very special guest. But first, before we get into the fun, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on the Productive Conversations podcast website, ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And from that site, you will see the links to all our podcasts. You will see the videos to all our podcasts. You can see the blogs I've written. You can see our merchandise store, thanks to our friends at Zazzle. Everything regarding this show is on the Productive Conversations Podcast website. Again, that's ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Also, check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So lots of to do, lots of fun in store, and let's get to it. I hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. I sure did. I was in the city of New York, out in Manhattan and Brooklyn, and everything was back. I mean, I was in the West Village, failed to get in the Comedy Cellar, but we will not give up and remember to get your reservations. But, you know, I enjoyed the company I was with. I enjoyed the weekend very much so. And it was such a great time. It seriously, seriously was. And yeah, it was a very great time. So shouts to all the great people who made this weekend a very, very fun one. And what else is there to talk about? Well, the Yankees getting a two-game sweep against the Phillies is not ideal. It is very bad. And I am not happy with what happened. A split really would have made a difference, but now losing these two games, shit is looking bleak again because the series uh, upcoming this one are getting more tougher. You're playing a lot of tough teams. You're playing Oakland A's who are doing well this year. The Blue Jays who have some strides. The Red Sox, and we know what fucking happened that time. I mean, the Yankees really need to step up. They have some major problems. They need to get depth back in there. And time is ticking. Shit's got to get done before it is too late because we have three other teams in this division that can easily win it. So please, for the sake of the New York Yankees fan base, get your shit together. And also, uh, I saw In the Heights on HBO Max, which was fantastic. So great choreography and nice modern telling of this great musical by the great Lin-Manuel Miranda. Great stuff over there. I have to point that out. But besides that, we are here today for, as I said, a very special special episode of the Productive Conversations podcast. And why is that? 
Well, when you have someone so accomplished and is doing so much with their time right now, you need to make sure you create great content with them. And this person was suggested to me from a other podcast guest, and I'm very happy that he was able to do that. We have Leonor Ayala Sanchez on the show today, and she has quite the resume. I mean, she, first of all, she's a podcaster, and go check out the Mental Healthy Classified podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. She's a model, she's a painter, she's a creative director and a choreographer, and she's coming to talk with me about, you know, life, coping with stress, bringing awareness to mental health issues, and when it gets very real, and this is one of my most proudest episodes of this podcast, and I, I enjoyed it, and I know all of you will enjoy it as well. So with that, let's just get to it right away. Leonore, it is your turn. Let's get to it for a very special edition of the Productive Conversations podcast. Let's go. special guest here on the Productive Conversations podcast today. I have somebody who has many hats, but somebody who has a lot to say and has a lot of awareness to bring and who brings energy and something special to everyone she is around. We are so lucky today because we have Leonor Ayala Sanchez on the program today. She is the co-host and the CE and the COO of Mental Health Declassified, which also has a podcast that can be seen on all podcasts and platforms. She's a model, a painter, a choreographer, creative director, swim instructor, and teacher's assistant. So we have somebody who obviously knows what they're doing. So once again, Leonor Ayala Sanchez, welcome to Productive Conversations Podcast. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Don't mind me. I'm just laughing because I feel like you and I are very similar energy-wise. So like on my <laughs> podcast, I'm very expressive. Like, you know, today is hump day. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. Bring in our own brands and awareness, of course. And, you know, somebody's got to be optimistic. So my first thing to start this off, how are we doing? How's life been? What you've been up to? What's uh, now we're pretty much hitting the halfway point of 2021. How have things been for you? Uh, the one question that just opens up 10,000 doors Mm -hmm. Um, I will say right now, life is treating me good. Always blessings, blessings on blessings. Take that for sure. Trying to hunker down. We have three and a half more days to the last day of school, at least for us. Mm -hmm. And you're based Um, in uh, Massachusetts for that? Springfield, Massachusetts, born and raised. the field. All right. Home of the NBA Hall of Fame as well. Around the corner from Six Flags, I believe. That's the Hall of Fame. No, Six Flags is actually Agua. We are the home of basketball and the Basketball Hall of Fame. We oh, okay. Great, uh, you know, Puerto Rican food. I can be biased in regards mm-hmm. to that. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Springfield's not too known, but I always say in comparison, not that it's Boston, because before people were like, it's not Boston, don't compare it to Boston. <laughs> I would say Springfield is the Boston of Western Mass. 
I'll take that. And of course, it's nice to show pride from where you're from, you know, and especially nowadays. It's funny, like um, lots of people from their hometowns, some aren't proud of it. I mean, some are, but some, you know, you hear at least maybe this phase of our lives because, you know, we're all around the same age. And when I talk to people from their towns, like, yeah, I want to stay far away. There's a reason why I moved. And then, you know, I'm sure as life goes on, they have other perspectives and they have more of a create an appreciation for home. And I want to ask you before we get into the nitty gritty of things and what brings us here today, what is home to you and where you come from? As we mentioned, you have so many different positions and opportunities does coming from a place like Springfield, Massachusetts help give you the confidence to do everything and do it well? You got me with good questions. I, I already like this, and this is going to be a great podcast. So fair warning to anybody. There's going to be a lot of talking. Get ready. That means a um, lot to me. Thank you. <laughs> what is home for me? I will most definitely say that I'm very prideful and proud of where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of negativity that surrounds Springfield, unfortunately, you know, whether it's, you know, people born and raised like myself, people coming and visiting, but I just feel like it just needs proper investment, like any popular city, any known town. And it just starts with us at the end of the day. So I know I'm very proud and I've always been someone that's always wanted to stay connected to the community. Yes. So as you know, with my multiple hats, um, I'm always finding a way to either bring it back to Springfield or very similar areas. So growing up in an urban city area, Mm -hmm. POCs, Puerto Ricans, Hispanics, Blacks, Africans, you know, Asians, whites. It's most definitely a place that has luckily shown me diversity and not just in terms of race and ethnicity, but also classes, sexes, just you are very exposed to real life worlds. Let me rephrase that because that sounded really weird. Teacher brain Mm -hmm. model right now. But you do get exposed to reality. So you have upper class, middle class, lower class. And at least the way I was born and raised, I'm grateful that my mother clearly made it more accessible for us to have the means and resources to be in a slightly better position than some people. However, we were still humble enough and close enough, whether it's through family or just neighborhoods and just growing up in the environment, you see what could have been a thing. You see what is a thing and you know where to be respectful and what to do and what not to do. You know, there's no no benefits. Nothing positive is going to come if you keep just judging and trashing down a place. Yeah. About it all you want. But if you want real change. You got to do something about it. And it starts with us. It starts with us. And I'm a very firm believer, very similar to my anime fans. <laughs> it always starts with the children. It always starts with the future of our city, which is the children. So it's always giving back. So I've always been into recreational programming. Swim instructing has been like my home, my love. However, with dancing and just getting into the community and even as a creative director and as a model, I've been able to work with a bunch of entrepreneurs or at least network and connect with a bunch of people doing things in Springfield. So, you know, I'm just truly proud that, you know, Springfield is a home of a lot of creatives, entrepreneurs. And if you just look closely, you can most definitely find it. And I think we are slowly but surely on the rise to 
being known. So, you know, oh, yes. I'll be the first to say, look out Boston, look out New York, LA. Like, I feel like in due time, we will get to where we need to get to. Absolutely. And, you know, it's cool as you explain this and the community you come from and the pride. I think it's also important and to note is the choices you make within those communities, too. As you mentioned, for the people who choose to talk down on their communities, obviously, they're more likely to not be a part of the big change for it. And those who, you know, I think that's the probably the most valuable lesson I have in my grandma. I'm glad she's still with us is it's all about choices at the end of the day. And Lenore, I'm sorry, Leonor, with all of this going on and um, with the hats and what you've gone through, why did you choose the outlook you decided to there? I'm sure, you know, there've been people, you know, similar situations who chose a more pessimistic route. Why'd you choose a more optimistic route? I would say optimism will will clearly shed more light through more of our conversation, especially with mental health and everything. Mm -hmm. However, I would say part of the reason is I know what society thinks of me as a young woman, Latina woman on top of that. Mm -hmm. And technically, I don't have my bachelor's degree yet, so no secondary education officially i'm already expected unfortunately to have what maybe two three kids Mm -hmm. living off welfare food stamps you know not being successful just kind of rigging the system and unfortunately that's the stereotype that follows me as a woman and as a hispanic um so with that being said i feel like i'm always striving to do better And especially with how my journey has played. And it's been very different from the original game plan. As we all know, we always start with one game Mm -hmm. plan. And Lord knows life takes you through A, B, C, D, E, the plan you didn't even think of. That was going to be a thing. So with everything that has happened to me, I'm just grateful that I have chosen to continuously learn, to continuously grow, and to take advantage of every opportunity. So even if, you know, I'm seven classes away. I may not have an official degree, but it didn't stop me from getting work opportunities. It didn't stop me from not taking advantage of certain opportunities and just really diving in and digging in. However, part of it was always stick true to what you want to do. I feel like I learned at a very young age that I want to be content and happy with my choices later on. I don't want to follow the social norm for me just to be bitter and angry and not content with life by the time I'm like 35, 40. And I followed the traditional game route to, you know, American dream, Mm -hmm. white picket fence. I feel like, you know, it needs to fit you. So I'm glad I feel like I learned that at a young age because it's allowed me to really take advantage and use my experiences to shape where I'm at now. And I know I wouldn't be where I'm at without my opportunities, without the mentors, without the people who have influenced and supported me, especially as a young woman, especially as a person of color. So fuck yeah, excuse my language. But yeah, I'm going to do what I need to do and get my money, get my bag and show that there are multifaceted things to a woman as well as a woman of color. Absolutely. And love the enthusiasm and passion for it. And I think one of the things you really hit on here and that what I like really try to instill with people is when it comes to the plans and, you know, they say that joke, um, we make a plan and God laughs. And there's the millions of examples where that's the case. And I think 
you can agree or we can, you know, walk this through, too, is when it comes to people's decisions and expectations in life, like you need to be at this point at this life. You need to be at this point in your career. But I think what, what helps with social media and also what helps with, you know, you know, as time has gone by, we are in 2021. A lot has uh, advanced in society and still has to. But I think we could talk about the patience. People need to understand that it's your time when it's going to happen. And whether that's through personal relationships, professional relationships and opportunities there. What do, what do you think you can add on to that? Like people understanding their path is their own path. And I won't tell people to think the way they want to think. But I think what could we do to help? people remind themselves like, Hey, it's going to happen one way or the other. And I really believe there's this Conan quote that Conan O'Brien said on his last tonight show was after he got um, pretty much ousted from it. He said, you know, you may not always get what you want in life, but if you're kind and you work hard, great things will happen. I really believe that. What do you think um, you can add on to that part of the conversation? I'm very big on perspective. I feel like for a lot of people, including myself, because Lord knows I had to do this for myself. So I will be the first to hopefully preach what I'm trying to back up and walk and talk. Definitely. Shifting perspective is so key because Lord knows, like you said, you got a plan. He may laugh and he may, he may be like that. That is not that's not it, bro. But it's OK. Mm-hmm. And instead of us taking a step back and looking at it fully and completely, we kind of hyper-focus at, you know, certain points where it's just like, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. This is what's going on. And sometimes when we hyper-focus on the negativity, it's two times more difficult for us to see the positivity of the situation. I'm a firm believer, every situation, good or bad, will teach you a lesson. I feel like we are sometimes thrown into things that when you really look back in hindsight, it's the same thing that's happened over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over and over again. The only difference is are the finer details, you know, so maybe it's a different person. Maybe it's with a different company or a different situation like that nitty gritty. But when you look back, once again, we all know it's the same situation. It's still stemming to impatience or, you know, making that same decision over and over again that, you know, maybe deep down, you know, you shouldn't be doing. You've already been shown. You've already been through the experiences that let you know this may not be the way for whatever reason. And I'm talking all aspects of life, but we continue to either repeat it or focus on that negativity instead of, you know, taking that time to sit back and reflect and look at the bigger picture what am I learning here? What is going on? How am I feeling? And why am I feeling this? Mm-hmm. Not, unfortunately, a lot of people, in my opinion, either avoid asking that why question or kind of digging into like that stem root of the situation, mm-hmm. or they just unfortunately don't know how to due to the lack of mental health, you know, resources, a positive community, you know, where the norms aren't, oh, you got to do this and do this and do this by this day and this time. And even though it's going to make you broke and do this and make you stressed, you still got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and da, 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 da. Lord knows I can go on a full rant mode about this question. However, I will always tell Mm -hmm. people at the end of the day, 
be mindful of your perspective. Try to see what lessons you know, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in spirits, or whether mm-hmm. you're an atheist. Do what is going to be best for you. Absolutely. And creating your own brand and being confident with your own skin for that. And, you know, before we hit on some of the mental health awareness, and I think just to also show the audience how very multi-talented you are and understand the person you are to perform all of these tasks you do, I want to talk about, you know, the being yourself aspect. Like one thing in my life, and that really has grown over the past few years since graduating college specifically is you know, maybe cliche, but it's not, but loving yourself and understanding your own person for that. And I think the reason why I am who I am, who still has a lot to learn, who'll be learning his whole, for the rest of his life is understanding that I'm, you know, Matt Brown. And when I do job interviews, they ask me for that. And I like, I like being who I am for that. And I understand not everybody is that. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. We can, in know, you, you can hopefully show the worth in an individual person. So I was wondering, having um, focusing on that aspect, what do you think is the importance about being yourself and how are you yourself to be comfortable in your own skin? Oh, question, question, question. In terms of the aspect of loving yourself and like self-love, Once again, I'm a firm believer and preacher, Mm -hmm. and I will be the first to say it's taken time and process for me to really find myself. So I can't sit here and say the process is easy. It is most definitely challenging in its own ways, and there's work to it. However, there's such a sense of freedom and comfortability that I feel like we all crave that you truly start to tap into once you start realizing everything that you've been looking for in other people, other situations, you can give yourself. So for example, let's say, you know, like I said, I don't know your personal life map. (laughs) Let's say you're a single man and, you know, you want a girlfriend. Who doesn't? People or relationships, we as human beings scientifically are destined more towards having a mate's companionship, psychology, Mm -hmm. physiology. Lord knows we can go into it. Definitely. However, let's say you are not comfortable with expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. And let's say, you know, that's what you kind of crave and want for from your partner. How do you think you're going to be able to accomplish that? was not accomplishing it with yourself first. Yeah, you can't love somebody unless you love yourself. In most ways, you can't um, showcase that love if you're not comfortable in your own skin either. Exactly. So part of it would be slightly hypocritical since you're expecting and wanting this from a relationship, yet mm-hmm. you are unfortunately able to give it since you can't even give it to yourself. And not that it's an issue to crave or want that from other people, However, it's one of those things I'm a firm believer once again. Do to others what you would like to be done to you. Yeah. Whether it's karma, whether it's just a good conscience, you, if you know you want comfortability, honesty, respect, open communication, you need to give that out. Because how the hell is it going to look you telling your girlfriend 
da 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 about all of this, yet you're not being respectful or, you know, you're not even communicating or you're not doing all the things that you want, but you still expect Shorty to give it back to you. It's, you know? it's too much. It's uh, it's just not natural at that point. It's that's where the awkwardness comes in. And that's where, you know, that's where that's where things aren't clicking and that's where things have to be reevaluated. And if you do take the time to focus on yourself to do that and understand the perspective to help someone else, at least with the best intentions and grace, then those things will all come together in that. So I, I hear what you're saying, and I think it's important to know that. And I understand it may take time for people to get into that position, but we all, every single person has had their doubts with that and has had obstacles to remind themselves um, their importance. It's a human aspect, as you said. So I think instilling that it's okay to that just understand whether you know you're a regular person or you're an A-list actor or you're a big professional athlete, everyone goes with their anxieties and doubts. But just know we all have the chance and the choice to do good in that. And there will be more people than you think to support that as well. So that's my perspective on it. I preach. I agree. Listen to the words of Matt Brown, people, please. I'm a very, like I said, firm believer in regards to that because once again, like I said, I, it is not easy because Lord knows I'm still trying to find myself and I've been the point in, in the shoes of doing things that did not match my inner self. Mm-hmm. My outer self, my outer perspective was people pleasing. It was having a false mask and masquerade of who I'm supposed to be yet internally is like, no, you know, you don't want to do this. Or like, you know, that bothers you. Like, why are you doing this? Ego's a bitch. I'll be the first one to say it. ego yeah. is very similar to denial, mother of all evil. And even from a mental point, Ego is kind of that voice that kind of likes to make everything about you. Therefore, sometimes it can really stem to very negative thoughts or very positive thoughts. And it sometimes requires us to check our ego. Because sometimes that ego is kind of that self-protective mechanism that kind of kicks in when we're like, oh, shit, like things are not going how it's supposed to be. Like, woo. Then it starts to kick in. And then we kind of get that little voice, you know, back of our head. Like, oh, you're so dumb. Why you mess up? Like, why are you doing all this? And that's all ego. Even though realistically, the compassionate side of us can most definitely state, hey, you did the best you could with what you knew at the time. After going through this experience, you were able to learn and see what to do differently next time. And therefore, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some time to really feel and evaluate the situation. And then if and when it comes the next time, you're slightly more prepared to do better. Oh yeah. That's, that's you hit the nail on the head. Understanding that the fact of the matter is there's something to always grasp and overcome. And there's some lessons to be learned in whatever you're doing. And if you learn those lessons and you actually remember what your what the point was, of course, the everything happens for a reason argument. It's going to be OK and understand that this really is your chance to just 
make a better person for yourself and the people around you. That's how I see this. And with that, I want to focus on mental health declassified. Can you tell us, Leonore, what is mental health declassified? What is the content you you and your team produce? And where can we find the great stuff you are doing for mental health awareness? Talk to us about mental health declassified. Wow. Welcome, welcome, my friends. Welcome to Mm -hmm. a little preview of Mental Health Declassified, where we are experts to our own survival guides. Mm -hmm. We are not experts. We are not licensed. We are none of that. However, we're here to talk our shit. We're here to express ourselves, engage, and find ways to break the stigma surrounding mental health. Mm -hmm. We are a community. We are a safe space. We are hopefully a proper resource for people. Once again, we're not experts, but we are here to showcase and present meaningful, realistic information, as well as coping strategies and mechanisms, and just having general conversations about it, because unfortunately there is not enough, whether it's through school, family life, home life, sports, after-school programs, maybe even college, you know? And I'm not gonna say colleges aren't doing it, but even to some extent, and as a person who's been, attended UMass Amherst or university, most definitely have seen the ins and outs, there's still such a lack of conversation. There's such a stigma. There's such a, I sometimes say a fog Mm -hmm. when it comes to these topics. And it's like, why? It's causing so much, so much death. So what, so much confusion, so much. Yeah. A lot of fear too. Especially with the pandemic. Yes. Listen, Lord knows that the entire world has been kind of thrown 180 on the ass. Like what in the world's going on? So, you know, Mental Health Declassified LLC is a brand, a resource, a family, a community that is here to make that safe space, to give people a home, to give people that push and encouragement that you are not alone. We are here to support you any way and best way possible. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok, even though our TikTok game is slowly but surely getting better. Don't judge us. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We do have our own website, mentalhealthdeclassified.org. Feel free and you'll pop up and see our information. And we did start as a podcast. Don't get me wrong. Still clearly going with it. Mm-hmm. However, with the brain, we're able to do more. So let alone for the month of May. If you look at our website, we founded all of this and started everything up in March of this year. Mm-hmm. March 2021. Yep. Like I said, met met my CEO through an interview through his original first podcast. Mm-hmm. And then we met, we clicked, you know, really great vibe, great energy. We're both here in terms of like, we're trying to get some shit done. We're actually trying to do something. So March comes and goes. We're here. March, April, had a few episodes. May kicked in. We had an event with Framingham City as well that was sponsored by FSU. Look at that. First live event. We were able to speak on inpatient and outpatient um, services since I've had outpatient experience. And Brandon, um, my CEO, has had inpatient and outpatient experience. And amazing. Like I said, it was a city event. 
um, welcome to the public. We also had our fundraiser event. So we were giving out raffle baskets. We were working with Optimal Nutrition, which is a shake shop out in Stoughton, Mass. All right. And we were getting um, funds to support the investigation to Michaela Miller's death. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate uh, situation in Hopkins. Hopkins or Hopkinton, Mass. I'm awful with names, so do not judge me. However, it was a 16-year-old African-American young lady that was either lynched or found, unfortunately, hanging in a tree. Uh, My apologies, I should have done a fair warning disclaimer. And yeah, so half of, we were able to donate $200 towards her investigation to support the family in terms of getting actual answers to what's Mm -hmm. going on and we also did a corporate event with vessin nautical where we just kind of did a forum a mental health forum for mental health awareness month and it was a great conversation and that was just the beginning so lord knows we're coming with you with ten thousand more things soon to come we have merch we have the podcast instagram tiktok Lovely Matt Brown here will also be a future guest. I kind of just volunteered him. Hey, I'm on. You let me know, and I'd love to join the show. Genuinely, it would mean a lot. Thank you. I thank you for that. Listen, I'm just saying we're here, really, just trying to do our best, and you know, spread the word, especially as people of color. Um, Brandon is Cavertian. I'm Puerto Rican, and then our secretary slash marketing chair is white, and then we also have our artist and designer who's also white. So I feel like we have a very great mix of just different niches and populations to really target as many aspects on mental health as possible. And we're also trying to get guests to speak on the podcast, you know, wink, wink, you know, a little, I guess like little, little drop, a little insider scoop. We will very soon be trying to get started with either Patreon or something very similar. All right. So, like I said, just a little, little hints, things to look out for. Wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah, that's really it. That's really it. I know I threw a lot of info out there, so we almost definitely provide some more info for you guys. Promise. Absolutely. No, you put things in perspective and what we needed to hear. So your mission is to help break the stigma of mental health, which we know has you know, whether you agree with this or not, it's been oddly controversial because the thing with mental health that has been around since the dawn of time is just now basically in the last, I would say, this is my guess and I'm not a historian, but, you know, it really, once the turn of the 20th century started is when the first time that term was really brought, you know, a lot of, um, Again, it might have been might have been sooner. I'm just saying in my lifetime, when the first time I heard the aspects of mental health, I mean, there's been times like, you know, depression was misdiagnosed and we had like P- the finding of PTSD in the uh, since the, you know, the Iraq wars when it was finally really talked about yet, you know, all of our men and women who fought overseas throughout, you know, our history has had that aspect of it. So now we're starting to really gain a grasp and see what's going on and may i ask like just bluntly because this will be this will help you know put things in perspective why do you feel leonor that why do you feel that mental health has such a stigma to it as a whole 
trying to get me in rant mode. That's what you're trying to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're I, here as long as you want. So just love to hear your answer. Lord knows. And I'll say what I think too. So, Yes. Uh, you know, that'd be the next question if you didn't. I'd be like, so mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts? Like I said, this is a two-way street here. Absolutely. <sighs> there are so many reasons. And once again, Lord knows this could be a rant episode where like, if I really wanted to go for days, we could. Mm-hmm. However, we can just start with the simple fact of society. Society, as we all know, has a norm. We are expected at one point to be the perfect citizen. And all throughout history, like you've been said, mental health was a hush hush thing. Gayism. <laughs> What is that? Oh, that's just a problem child. Oh, that's just someone mm-hmm. choosing to do whatever. There's no other logical reason behind it. And I've always been, I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record, firm believer that when people don't know or understand something, automatically, oh no, or what is that? or disgrace or nope, stupid, or first thing is to avoid it, hide it. That's not a thing. I don't know what it is. So no, that's not valid. That's not anything. So I feel like with that mentality, that is such a big core reason into why there's such a stigma. Because unfortunately, there's been no conversation. There's been absolutely nothing to it besides... The little we saw, not necessarily social media, but for example, how many movies, Matt, and like I said, spitballing, bumming mm-hmm. around. How many movies do you feel like you've seen that have showcased mental health in a positive perspective? So outside of the typical psych ward, outside of mentally insane and crazy and uncontrollable, when have you seen a movie that's shed like a positive view on it? Not many come to mind, not to put in this, the fact that it's OK that you're this way or not. That, well, not saying this way, that it is OK to, you know, put a positive spin. Like, I really can't recall anything at the moment. It's more about when they showcase mental health, you're showing how a character overcomes that struggle. So or how they use that to advance the story. Like something that comes to mind for me is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Jack Nicholson in the mid seventies, which is about I'm not a big movie buff, but great movie by the way. But it's about it's based on a book that turned to a play, turned to a movie. It is about a person who is pretending to to I he commits a crime. I don't remember the top of my head, but he commits a crime to avoid a sentencing he uses pretends to be mentally ill. But within that, he learns amongst the people because he is cognizant of what's going on, that there's nothing wrong with these people. There's a famous scene, Jack Nicholson screaming, you guys aren't weird. You're not doing this. We want it. They want to watch a baseball game and they're refusing to let them go in. It's like, you guys aren't weird. You guys aren't this. We're just labeled a certain way. And his way of coping that is to escape from is a huge escape from the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And we see how that all unfolds. So, I guess that's the closest one that comes to mind because this is a 
you know, quote unquote, you know, terms, regular person who is amongst people suffering from mental health and he wants to show their worth. So I guess that's the closest thing I can think of at the moment. And then, you know, can't give too much away, but we see how that all unfolds. And I think there's a good perspective. And this is in the mid 70s when there isn't a lot of these type of conversations. But I think whoever, whomever written it, who wrote the the book was trying to prove that point is like these aren't awful people. They're just different in various different ways and there's still a worth to them. So I think that's the closest one, but it's still and how it all unfolds. It's a not that much of a positive life, but a really great movie that put things in perspective. So I exactly. can always think of one to, to, to answer your question. And let's even dive in a little deeper. Even the title itself is even like what I'm referencing for. Because you mm-hmm. said the title was what again? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Exactly. So the fact that they even reference like cuckoo nest, it's like, mm-hmm. why is it crazy? Why is it labeled this way? Yep. And like you even said, like the famous line in terms of like, this is what we're labeled. So if you, any of my friends, like I said, I am not a psychology major. I am not, I'm just a very big, uh, I would say crime junkie. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to that podcast as well. I love crime and serial killers mm. and murderers, all that. Cause I love learning more about the mental perspective of that. And you actually learn a lot of psychology through it. Yeah. So this is where most of my referencing is coming from to some extent, but there's just so much that is like hiddenly puts in let me say that correctly. There are a lot of things subliminally put into things that we see and notice. So even as much as the title can give out a certain connotation, a certain meaning. So therefore, from a marketing perspective, and I can say that as a business person, mm-hmm. you have to be very mindful what you do, what you present, what color, what words. Even for example, whenever you're trying to you know, market and showcase an episode, your brand, you already know mentally and even also through experience, trial and error, what to do and what not to do. You know what you need to do to present. You know what you need to do to convey a specific meaning because the lovely, you know, concept of language and meaning, it can be interpreted in so many different ways. Therefore, we know in a sense what society kind of reads from it. We know how we read into it. We know there's 10,000 different ways. So we have to be very particular what colors what words tone body language presentation all that so even when it comes down to that nitty-gritty of when we start thinking of mental health like you said besides this one movie you keep seeing mad action or scary movies with someone who is clinically mentally diagnosed you're always seeing some extreme or exaggerated character or exaggerated or stereotypical you know assumptions of behavior which isn't even the case Mm -hmm. like for example with ptsd unfortunately people think of you know oh my gosh dramatics and oh they hear one thing they do this and they do that Mm -hmm. and everyone unfortunately not everyone good chunk of people will assume mainly military Nothing else, just, oh, you served? Oh, makes sense on why you have PTSD. Realistically, anyone that has been through a trauma can have PTSD. (laughs) You, myself, a child, especially an adult, an older person, anybody and everybody can unfortunately be a, a, you know, a potential 
person to get PTSD. And there's sometimes you would never know because yeah. unfortunately what is showcased to society through movies, TV, social media, jokes, comedy, like, you know, anything and everything for the most part. It's just so many exaggerated things or like you said, something to catch the eye or something to, you know, yeah. really draw you in or like you said, to enhance the plot or the story or whatever. So at least for me, I would say that is why there's such a, not the only reason clearly, but that's part of the reason why there's such a stigma to mental health because no one's trying to be that person. No one's trying to be judged or looked at or talked downly on or treated poorly because you know, that's what it stems to when they start seeing or realizing or hearing that, oh, you have this or have that. Oh, you're crazy. Or, oh, you're just making it up. Or, you know, just a lot of negativity when it's just like, you don't even know. Are you, are, do you have experience with it? Are you licensed? Mm-hmm. Are you a mental health advocate? Like, can you really sit here and tell me A, B, C, D, E, F, G of mental health? No. But unfortunately, once again, when you don't know something, you're avoiding it, making fun of it, pushing it away in different ways to truly establish that is not me. Yeah. And with that, I- too i feel like it's just people are just blatantly afraid of change they're afraid of um like doing the non-traditional way of living life and now i think just naturally we're showing yeah we can't live this way specifically you can still be one of the best people in whatever industry you're going for now i get it of course like i can't just one day decide to be a surgeon i definitely need to earn my keep with that but I do think there's something to living life the way that we all can have this conversation because we've all had various opinions and decisions. So even if you're not necessarily a licensed um, healthcare provider and mental health care provider, you could still, you know, talk about your life with someone. You could still explain, you know, what's going on, how you're feeling. And with that also, you learn again, you're not alone in this. Every single one of us deals with some type of obstacle in trying to be a better person with that. And, you know, circling this all together, I think it's uh, important to note that and that the world is changing and clearly whether people like it or not, it is now time to have these conversations because they've always been in our world. We were too afraid to highlight it. And now that we're getting to a point where the ignorance is bliss and that so many people are genuinely getting hurt and pushed back in life and having more obstacles to deal with, it's now time to research and talk about these issues so we could create a better chance for tomorrow. I'm not I'm not dumb. I'm not going to say one day everyone's going to stop being racist. Everyone's going to stop being mean. Everyone's going to stop doing that. But this is our time to have these conversations, especially the younger generations, that these issues have been always in our world but now it's time to really address them and know that it's okay to let um it is okay to talk about these things because it will make you a better person from it and that's why i think mental health is such a stigma because so much of our previous generations were ignoring it but now because naturally we are all pushing back against it we can now have these conversations for the better and some no note that some people will still not uh, will still want to go on the um, on the old path and they still want to keep things to change. They still want to just, you know, call you, you know, you're not strong enough. You're not this. 
you know what? Fine. Live your life like that. We may not come to an understanding for it, but at least there's have some respect to know that there are other people who feel this way and we won't let our politics or um, other stuff to get in the way of that. But know that there are lots of people who will be in the chat, who will support the new movement. And now for the middle part, for people unsure, it's time to have these conversations so they can choose which side they want to do. So that's why I think it's now time to talk about these things. And we will naturally break the state of mental health. I see it every day. Um, like, like you mentioned, I am a TA. I work in a school, Springfield Middle School. So, and I work with sixth graders. Mm-hmm. And their knowledge of mental health and just in general, and I do want to add this real quick. There's more to mental health than just mental illnesses. And I just want to clarify that because I feel like sometimes when I have conversations with people, they are either thinking the self-care and the mask and the Mm -hmm. this and the that, or depression, anxiety, suicide, like major illnesses. And I just need people to understand that it is a whole spectrum. Yes. There's the illnesses part, there are preventative measures, but it even circles down to self-image, self-love, emotional maturity, having an understanding of our emotions, how to properly communicate, how to manage stress, how to have proper coping mechanisms. You don't need to have a mental illness to still change or deal with mental health situations. Hopefully that made sense how I explained that. No, you, you put the nail on the head, especially the perspective part. Obviously there's various extremes, but there's also the middle ground and the gray area where we have to, it's not, you know, addressing mental health illnesses all the time. And it's not about also, uh, you know, way doing happiness and life hacks. There needs to be an understanding at the end of the day that we are all, there's something in our heads that are that there is something to overcome. And whether that's, you know, medication or whether that's, you know, coping mechanisms, whether that's from meditation, meditation. It's just time. It's just time to know that our heads have to be are more sensitive than ever before. Or well, they always have, been, but it just understand that within our mental grasp, there's a lot of things to address and be aware of. We're just telling you, we're not telling you to, you know live your life and be changed. We're just telling you, just know that people have what's going on in their lives and head. Just know that there is something to address. And that's where the perspective comes. That's what at least I get out of what you said. Do you agree or do you see it any other way? Absolutely. And Lord knows, like I said, you got me, you got me on the good topics. So Lord Mm -hmm. knows I could talk my ass off for days. It's a very big thing in my opinion for people to understand that there's a connection between your physical health and your mental health. And I'm not speaking just from personal experience, um, just for FYIs and disclosures in case if anyone's like, how does she know this stuff? There are courses, there are like things to learn. So like at the moment I'm taking two courses on Coursera completely for free, unless if you choose to get a certificate in it. And one's on managing emotions in terms of of certainty and stress. And that's given through a Yale program. 
And then there's another one called Psychological First Aid that's been given out through John John Hopkins University. Don't quote me. I know, once again, I'm awful with names. And both courses have been showing me, once again, these two entities are very important. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health and vice versa. So therefore, you can have the best physical health. Listen, you can be working out, diet, you know, either on your medication, whatever it may be, because Lord knows that's a whole other spectrum on itself. But if you don't take care of the mental health part, your physical health will start to deteriorate. A lot of things do connect with stress. So realistically, our brains, as we know, chemical activity, neurological activity, nervous system, all that. When we have high stress, I know to terminology, I'm going to mess this up. So all my science people, (laughs) bear with me, please and thank you. So when you are in a lot of stress, mentally, there's a chemical in your brain. Your system, in terms of logical processing, shuts down completely. And in a sense, your survival instincts kick in. And that's what happens at any point with stress. Therefore, if you have prolonged stress, there's the stressors, there's regular stress, there's acute distress, there is chronic stress. If you continue to experience stress for so long, your brain has been in constant survival mode where your logical processing and reasoning is shut down while your survival instincts and chemicals and hormones are up. So there's almost like the fight or flight. Um, terminology there. Some people are able to, in a stressful situation, are able to look at it and be patient with it and able to make the change to make it happen. And then some people also are more, like you said, you know, some are quite like like freezing and don't know what to do. And it doesn't, and I want to make it clear, it doesn't, whether with fight or flight, that doesn't mean you're a better person or worse person. If you have those, it's just, you know, who you are in that person. I want to also make that clear that. And that's a fact. And just to add to that, I believe now, because as we know, we're always learning more. It's fight, flight, freeze. Okay. And there's a fourth one that I forgot the specific term, but realistically long story short, that fourth term is just those that accommodate to the situation. And is oh, yeah. it fawn? I just looked up fawn. Yes. So fight, of course, you will fight against that reaction. Do what you need to do. Flight, you run away from it. Avoidance. Freeze, you legit just kind of stuck, paralyzed in the moment. And then fond, those, and that's actually a compass for a lot of people, unfortunately, where it's they accommodate for the situation. So just to put an example, in terms of domestic abuse, just because I feel like this is the easiest to give a visual and mental perspective, mm-hmm. there's always so much talk of why doesn't that person leave? And I'm saying person because even though I know a lot of you, when you hear domestic violence, you think of a woman. Mm-hmm. Once again, it can happen vice versa. Don't matter about that gender, same sex, different genders. It can go multiple ways, just as a disclaimer. But everyone's always asking, why doesn't that person leave? There's so many reasons to it. And, you know, due to the trauma, due to all those extra things, 
you are seeing that person accommodate and once again, fawn to the situation. So instead of making it worse and, you know, fighting against it or doing anything of that nature, if they already know, okay, if I do this and this is going to be the reaction, let me just do what I need to do to survive. So just to give people perspective, once again, there's nothing wrong if you are either, because unfortunately that is just our natural responses and just our tendencies. However, it's always good to have a understanding of ourselves because I always, for me, not only speak for myself, I have a better chance of reacting accordingly or having less of a reaction, but more of a response Mm -hmm. when I understand the situation. So I know we're kind of shifting topics, but just to give people an understanding, for example, the classic situation, the bully, you see the person bullying other people, being an asshole. Ah, cool. And then when you take a second, big picture, why is this person doing this? And when you kind of, if and when possible, can look back behind those, like, you know, invisible curtains, all that trauma, Lord knows what's going on at home for this person. And it's not an excuse. I'm not saying that. Cause once again, that's not, I'm not for bullying. I'll be the first to oh, yeah. nip it in the butt. And Lord knows I have when it comes to school. However, it's harder for me to give an emotional reaction if I already know. Yeah. So do you think I'm going to feed into this person's situation? And of course, this is a different mentality. And this is me speaking after going through it, processing it and doing the work to kind of get to this point now. So once again, disclaimer, my friends, this is not something that just happens in the blink of an eye and Mm. magnifico. We're here and we can do this skill. No, everything is a practice. A lot of things in mental health, and I'm not going to say everything, but a lot of things in mental health are continuous practice. You can build a habit in 21 days. Thank me later. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. So going back to the situation that I was explaining, I'm not going to entertain this bully. And this is the mindset of a 23-year-old that's been through hell and back in her own way, shapes, and form. Now, as a young adult, I'll be damned if you're going to see me arguing with some unnecessary person. Unless if I need to check you, because I just know I'm that type of person that I am not going to let you think you can do certain things. But there's also a point to like, there's no point in me entertaining it. At this point, I need to pray for you because clearly whatever monsters, whatever demons are holding you down right now are making you act this way. God bless you and good luck with that. I'm not going to feed into it. I'm not going to throw you negativity for what? I've never been the type to fight back or feed into that negativity because for what? What is it going to solve? You ain't paying my bills. You ain't taking care of my health. And if you are not the person that pushed me out of their vagina, what are you going to do? Besides your words, don't get me wrong, or besides maybe physical actions, if you're going to try to take it there, and that's a different story. At the end of the day, you can't do nothing to me. You clearly mad or you traumatized or whatever you're going through right now. That got nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's like one thing that um, I really try to understand that too because first of all i'm not i can't be in everybody's business and i shouldn't be people have to do what they have to do and that's why sometimes you just really hope for people's peace that they find peace at whatever they're in their lives or situations and i was somebody who didn't understand 
things too. And for instance, I, I was dating someone at the time and she told a situation of a friend who was in an abusive relationship. And I was at one point, didn't understand like, why didn't she leave too? But then when I learned about basically at the end of the day, I didn't know what she was going through. She, I didn't know this person was just felt trapped. This person didn't know what, where to run or, or where to turn to. And she just was in a position that she couldn't, you know, stay away from it. And I think in God, God willing and so happy that she was able to have the strength to finally leave for that. And that's where it came together. I understand like at the end of the day, I don't know what somebody's going through and you can just hope for that peace. And having said that, when we do witness dysfunction, whether it's our friends and family and we, they don't know how to fix it. I explain I'm somebody who just hopes for their peace and just let them know, hey, I just want to let you know I'm supporting. I'm here for anything. And those little words really can help. That's how I manage the situation. I was wondering what um, other perspectives do you see or you can add on to what I was saying. Just to reiterate what Matt just said, it is a fact. Even in the course that I'm taking right now, like I previously mentioned, social connections or establishing that sense of community can make such a difference and be, I'm not gonna say life-changing. However, it can really kind of be that holding hand when that person may just be like this close from drowning. And in terms of providing support to answer your question in terms of perspectives, mm-hmm. I'm a very big person in terms of active listening. Mm-hmm. So just to reiterate to my friends that may not know, active listening is providing proper body language, genuinely taking the time to listen to understand not to listen to respond and lord knows i am just as guilty about it it is a human human functioning trait for most of us some of us if you were like me i feel you and it even took me a minute to really understand to listen to understand not listen to respond so when it comes to someone expressing themselves or finally opening up and taking to that place of vulnerability, I'll be the first to encourage one, do not share anything about you in that moment. Even though a lot of us feel like and have an understanding that if I say something relatable, it will help. Not that it doesn't. Yeah. Time and place. Do you mind if I um, add to that too? Like for example, If you are going through like a toxic work environment mm-hmm. and someone like you're telling your friend, hey, this stinks, I feel uncomfortable here, whatever. You don't need the person listening to say, well, when I was working at, you know, this factory and I had to deal with it, I just nailed it. I just, uh, you know, when I was listening to that, I just dealt with it. I got through, I applied for another job and move forward. You could do the same thing. Now, that's great for what happened to my friend I was asking help for, but that still doesn't help me because I don't didn't have the opportunity to get out that. I need to to somebody to hear me out on, you know, what I'm going through here. Like, 
I, is that what you were getting at in that terms? Like in the yes. return to response for yourself, don't talk about yourself, just listen. Yes. It's that I feel like that's one of the prime examples, to be honest. And it is a thing that if you, if and when you are going to respond with an experience, disclaimer, I'm a very blunt person, maybe too blunt sometimes, but it it, it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. So I will always be the one to encourage straightforward, open, honest communication. Now that it's comfortable for anyone and everyone. However, that is just something I'll always encourage. So my next few words, once again, that's just more based off my experiences and what I would encourage and what I tell my friends. I'm the first person to always encourage people. There's nothing wrong with you stating your expectations for a conversation. So for example, if I'm going to hit up Matt and be like, yo, Matt, I need you right now. Like, I don't know what's going on, bro. I need chit chat. I cannot always assume that people know. So that's just something on me. I cannot assume that people know how to communicate in these situations. So I'm not saying for people in the venting situation that you are required to do this all the time. I'm just stating something that has benefited myself in terms of these conversations. I'll be the first to let you know, Matt. I was like, before we start this conversation, bro, I just want to make it clear that I am not looking for feedback or advice right now. I just kind of need you to hear me out right now. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, it has worked. Once again, not everybody is going to react the way you want them and need them to. This is just my way of providing those boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I'm going to most likely repeat that 10,000 times in this episode. Boundaries, mm-hmm. my friends. There's nothing yeah. wrong with establishing boundaries, either if you're in the receiving end or the giving end. Nothing wrong with that. So when it comes to this situation, there's nothing wrong with you establishing that. There, I will be the first to let anybody that's listening to this know there's nothing wrong with you wanting to have this conversation stick on you. If this is your time to vent, this is the time that you needed. There's nothing wrong with you telling the individual you were speaking to, hey, I appreciate your comment, but is it cool if we go back to this? Once yep. again, right now, I don't need feedback. I don't need advice. I just really need someone to listen right now. And part of it is people learning to understand that it is okay to get that response. You're not a therapist. You're not a psychologist. You're not a psychiatrist. You're not licensed. You are not certified. So if you fall under the five, the five categories I just listed, I would be the first to say it is not fair for anyone to expect you to know what to do. It is not fair for anyone to expect you to, oh, here's the solution. Because it's not a thing. It's not. And whether you're placing that own expectation on you or if someone else is placing that expectation on you, there's nothing wrong with you taking back and being like, hey, like how you said in a previous example, I... I'm just here to support you. I'm here to listen. So if there's anything you need me to do, let me know. And that will sometimes be the best response that anyone can give. Because once again, you're making it clear that you can't advise. You're making it clear that you can't provide a solution. 
and that you're not going to throw that into the conversation. You're just making it clear, like, hey, if you need me to listen, I got you. If you want advice, can't promise you much, but we'll talk through it. And I'll be the first to always encourage, instead of giving advice, help guide them through their thought process. How are you feeling? What are maybe the options right now? I understand you have this perspective. If it's okay, I'm going to encourage you to have this perspective. And once again, that's if they say it's okay and or they've asked for that previously. Mm-hmm. It's better for you to guide and help them navigate and or just once, if of course it is appropriate, provide those maybe solutions that have worked for you. Cause you can only speak from I experiences, personal experiences, of course, if, and when possible or if, and when appropriate. Other than that, listen, actively listen and you'll be okay. Hopefully. Cause once again, I can't predict situations. Absolutely. And it's okay to be open with that because we've all had various thoughts. Now, when I hit on the open part and, you know, this might get pretty deep here. So when it comes to being open, but also saying like the, the dark thoughts in your head, the things that you're not comfortable with and that you do want to express them out, but you don't want to be judged. And I'm saying this again, we both have mentioned we're not clinical psychologists. We're not in this perspective. We're just saying from what our experience is, right? But when we have these thoughts that are very uncomfortable and that might quite frankly be very dark, whether it's involved someone getting hurt, whether it's involving, you know, hurting yourself, whether it's involving you expressing your biggest fears, that's not easy for anyone to do it, even in a saying it to a professional. And some people are even afraid to say professionals because they don't want to say something that a professional now has to step in and like get other people involved because they said these various thoughts. Now, now asking this question for someone, and we both agree, we're not, we don't have degrees in this. We're not um, licensed. What do you think if you really need to let something out and maybe somebody might see it as a very dark thought, should they still keep it locked in or should they still express it anyway, maybe frame it differently or should they be blunt about it? What, how can they, if they really are tempted to get this thought out where it can, um, what are the options to evaluate a situation like that? So just even going back to the points that I was given out, I will mm-hmm. speak my personal experience. Yep. I, fair warning, disclaimer, disclaimer right now. So if you need to pause or exit out this episode, feel free to do so <laughs> if and when it comes to it. I suffer from anxiety and depression. I have experienced suicidal ideation and it was tied to, so I have an airborne nut allergy. So if you, any nut products, peanuts, Mm -hmm. cashews, tree nuts, anything around me, if I can somehow inhale it, my nose and throat will start to close up. You will notice nothing outside. It's all internal. And you know, if it's not done in time, bada bing, bada boom. So there was a point in time that unfortunately I was just really going through it. I was hitting the peak in my depressive episode at the time I was isolating and I was having suicidal ideation for anyone that may not know is more of the thought process. So not planning it, not attempting to do it or going through with it. It is more just similar to how Matt's question was phrased. 
the thoughts, those dark thoughts, those dark feelings. And for me personally, it wasn't that I was thinking, oh, I'm ready to kill myself. It was, I don't want to be here anymore. What is the point of me trying to survive if the next moment I walk out, I'm going to get fucking exposed once again, have to go through all this shit again, back to the ER, back to this, in a sense, just fighting for my life, getting pumped up with mad medication, going through this over and over and over again. So why am I going to keep going if this keeps happening to me? I was on campus for 16 days, bro. 16 days, I got exposed eight times. The ratio just did not add up to me. So for my friends listening, that's the reason why I don't have my degree. I withdrew from UMass Amherst due to my airborne allergy and not getting proper accommodations, but mainly more of the depression and anxiety that I was experiencing during my episode. And unfortunately for me, it took a friend of mine at the time to threaten that he will drive from Springfield to Amherst to give me the EpiPen for me to take it. I got exposed one night and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's see how long it takes. Didn't take Benadryl, didn't take the EpiPen. I drove my car to a parking lot because I had dance practice, mind you. (laughs) I had dance practice um, because I was a choreographer at the time in like, I think an hour or something. And it, the fact that it took my friend threatening to drive and that's why I felt bad and felt the need to do it compared to I should be doing this for my own life. Let me know personally, something is up. Um, and just to give more background story real quickly, I was entering my senior year of UMass. I was a peer mentor. Therefore, I had, I'm not going to say full on training, but I did have some training in regards to how to provide services or resources to my peers or students of my like floor, if and God forbid, if they needed it, especially when it came to mental health and things of that nature. So I personally went to crisis. Uh, crisis is usually the unit for psychiatric unit, you know, if you, whether once again, crisis, so whether suicidal ideation, really bad panic attacks, if it's in a sense crisis mode for you, there's nothing wrong with you going. There's nothing wrong with you going. They, at least in my experience, I checked myself in. They did a quick evaluation, like of course, physically. And then I spoke to, I believe either a social worker or someone within that work within the mental health uh, field. And they did an evaluation with me after speaking to me and everything. And they made it clear to me that I was not at a point where I needed the psych ward, but I could maybe do an outpatient program. Really? And that's where I entered my outpatient program to properly address and handle all this. And the outpatient program can, can, and at least from my experience, did provide the resources from my understanding that a psych ward would provide. However, it was a voluntary program. So it was a two-week, two two and a half week program. And I kind of considered it school. I was there from what, like eight thirty, nine o'clock to like two thirty, two forty-five. 45. And during that time, Monday through Friday, I was there group therapy sessions. We had, uh, what I would say like a general class time where that was time that they gave us to actually learn about some of our diagnoses and more of a general, cause it was a group of us, 18 plus. So you had 18 year olds, you had some 20 year olds, 30, 40, 50, a few 60, like all colors, shapes and sizes didn't really matter. So 
group therapy, general learning, and at least you had access to the psychiatrist, you had access to a nurse, you had access to the psychiatrist in case if you wanted or needed to take medication, but they also provided different coping strategies and mechanisms. So it wasn't just fully medication based, mm-hmm. which is where, for example, the meditation kicked in, um, music mindfulness, if anyone's heard of that, that's just utilizing music to kind of help you kind of ground and come back to the present time. And they also provided group therapy that was accommodating what your specific situation entitled. Mm -hmm. So for example, I had a group that was how mental health and chronic illnesses went hand in hand. So I was kind of the youngest in the group, which isn't a surprise, Mm -hmm. but I was in a group with other men and women that had chronic illnesses. So we would legit discuss, you know, our own situations, but also how the mental health aspect of it plays a huge part or it, and or can influence the physical health of this chronic situation and also vice versa. So long story short, this is just one or two resources that, you know, God forbid, if you're going through this right now, sorry, I'm, yes, I'm religious, prayers, energy, even if you're atheist, I'm still sending you mad love and energy. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of resources, there are outpatient programs that, you know, once again, it's not a psych ward, but you know, and I will be the first to say, even if you don't have a mental illness, even if you didn't have, you know, something going on, if I could recommend that to anybody, everybody, even you, Matt, I'd be like, yo, go. They listen, they give you a little binder, mad notes, mad things like oh kind of like a little personal guide. Like, here you go. The one time that we asked for a manual guys, this is the one place I can actually do this. <laughs> like, hey, you're dealing with sleep issues, go to the sleep section. There's different remedies, different things to think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to figure or remember your coping strategies. If you want physical grounding techniques, here you go, go to that slump. You know, mad stuff. Um, however because of COVID and all that, I also do want to offer the hotline. I know it's cliche. I know we see it all all the time on IG. Mm. Utilize the hotline. It is confidential. You are speaking to someone who is trained for the situation. And it's just you and them. So unless if you make it clear you want or need certain things, you can legit just have a conversation with the person. You're not giving out personal info. You're not. And unfortunately, I know with a lot of younger people, your parents aren't going to find out. It is once again, just you and this person. So if you needed to really speak, use the hotline, especially in terms of finding that non-judgment safe zone. The hotline is most definitely a thing. Of course, I'm going to encourage therapy, but I'll also be the first to admit it is not an easy process half the time finding a therapist. And I will be the first to admit that because... Same thing happened to me. I don't know if you had any experience with therapy um, yourself. And Lord knows that's going to be a question for me to ask you in a little bit. However, that is also if you have found a safe space and a therapist that works with you, utilize your resource. That is why they're there. So if you have a therapist and if you feel like you can't go to them, I would encourage you to do some self-love thinking because that should also be a very safe space and a very safe resource for you. And I'll be the first to admit that and say that. If it's not, and I know it may not be for certain people, do what you need to do for you. And I'm going to be the first to say that. Absolutely. And one thing to understand and know, and like basically one of the questions I was also asking 
is when you talk with the various persons that some people may not feel that quote unquote, maybe their therapist doesn't understand them or maybe someone on the the line doesn't understand them. Just know it's okay to have that thought too, because people do have various connections and I'm sure a therapist who is trained and licensed in this understands that too. That's the part of the perspective. Like don't be mad. It's okay to go to someone else who may have a different light on things, a second opinion. And yeah, to answer your question, I've had experience in therapy. I I was in therapy from August 2020 to October 2020, literally the week when my last session ended only because well, I really wasn't able to afford it at the time. But, you know, now I do because I'm now insurance. That's another thing, too, is uh, is that it. Therapy does cost, and sometimes it is. Uh, it could be a lot of money, whether through. It hurts my soul so mm-hmm. much. And, you know, there are other options like BetterHelp or BetterHelp.com or, as you said, the lines or, you know, healthcare providers to do that. That's one thing is the cost of therapy. And we understand that's not as accessible. I mean, BetterHelp also, it can be like $80 a session, which is a lot of, could be a lot for someone. And I was in therapy because of the tough time amongst the pandemic you know, having a heart with my career before the show, before the show became a thing was like, I really didn't know if I could resume my career in TV production with how connections weren't responding, the references who told me I'll be there for you if you need help. And then when you email them, they don't respond to you. They ghost you. There are, it's just fucked up that there are people who like that. Even if you can just give, even if you can just give the little, just the courtesy, hey, I'm not be able to talk now, but I could give you some more attention a little later. Please reach out this time. And I'm not going to exactly hold it against these these people per se, because I understand life gets in the way, but also understand like what you're expressing and how people take in what you're giving. So at this time, while having a hard time with my career still on track, and I'm, I still haven't officially resumed it yet, but this has been the ultimate um, uh, not even replace the ultimate alternative that has this show is going to grow while getting my career back in production. I know that. And yeah, it was really a scary time. And then, um, uh, you know, at that point, I'm I'm 26. I have my own health insurance. But, you know, a year before I the only way to really do it, I was still under my parents health insurance. And my dad had the honest conversation. Let me do it. And that's the only reason why it was just becoming a financial burden, even though that's a whole other topic about that stuff for another day. But, um, or no. but yeah, I did have that experience and it helped a lot. Now my psychologist, I big fan of her, thought she was nice, but there was times when we're repeating the same thing from week after week. I'm like, this is good, but you know, that could be another thing with obviously she has other clients. This is, I did a biweekly system. And there were times where I was like, man, this, uh, I appreciate what she's doing and taking the time, but we're just circling about what we're talking about at the time. And now I know the other options. And like when I did better help mm-hmm. my first psychologist, it was her, uh, quite frankly, better help needs to hear this. When I was talking to them, she didn't seem like to have a perspective and she would take almost weeks to respond um, we never officially had a session over the phone and nothing. this nothing. It was a genuine waste of time. Now, 
the thing is in the option that I could see other therapists and that who will take the time for that. But understand why you do this and you may not click right away with someone like that was what I just recently right away is like, okay. And I've done the hotline before in my life. And another thing is I just might have hit the wrong person at the wrong time. She didn't really seem that interested. And now I'm not saying this to bash the line. No. no, And I still think it's great. It's just some people, as anything in work, some people are real dedicated to their jobs to make it and some aren't. And knowing that is why I'm not not mad or have any ill will to our first therapists and hotline responders. Uh, I'm not going to hold it against the organizations. I just didn't click with that person for whatever reason. But just know there are someone who genuinely will help you there and is going to put the effort to put in a good job for that, you know? And I think, oh, my phone, my phone. Oh, no, no, you're saying you're good. No, yeah. I was just saying, I feel like you are highlighting a very big point, not that you're bashing or anything. It's just that's a realistic point of view. And like I originally said, it is a whole process in terms of finding that safe zone and that proper person to connect with and be vulnerable with. And you you've experienced it firsthand, as as you're mentioning with your experiences. And yes, it is an unfortunate thing. However, you know, try to look at the positivity and learning lessons from it. Yeah. You also now know what you don't like, what you do like, what was beneficial, what wasn't. So how you know, some people need therapists more for event session, yep. more maybe repetitive stuff. And then some of us need therapy because we want to really nitty gritty like let's let's really dive into this i'm really trying to understand this some people go to therapy to properly learn and establish those practices and techniques and strategies so hopefully at one point you don't have to return and that you can actually start navigating maybe your life or a certain aspect of your life into the way that you want to which will then better influence and help with your mental health in whatever current state it's in so I'll be the first to encourage people. And once again, this is just more of my uh, blunt character and just knowing that you need to fight for you. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. no one's going to ride for you like you're going to ride for you. So, you know, I'll be the first to admit, if you know it's not going the way you want to, I will be the first to always encourage, express yourself. Because unfortunately, people are not mind readers. So I'm going to be the first vouch for you vouch for you if you feel like your therapist is not doing your job you paying money yeah that is your hard earned listen if you put in money and energy which is more valuable than money and currency i don't care what anyone says yeah energy that's that's invaluable so the fact that you're giving energy to something do what you need to do to dictate of course don't be an asshole and be rude they're most definitely appropriate ways once again there's nothing wrong with establishing hey this is what i'm looking for or, hey, this is what I need. Right. Can you actually help me with this? You know, and like you've experienced, some people can't. But fortunately, once again, you've learned what you like and don't like. You know what to kind of avoid or be like, er, red flag. This is not what I'm looking for. And you've also learned different opportunities to, you know, where you can express yourself or advocate for yourself and be like, hey, this isn't really what's working for me. However, can we maybe tap into this today? You know, yep. or however, it's been more comfortable thing. for you. And with that, it's knowing that there are people willing to listen in there. Just know that 
if it doesn't work the first time, as once Drake once said, it's not about who did it first, it's about who did it right. And that's the same thing when, you know, speaking with the therapist and gaining that, you will find that connection one way or the other. And speaking of connections, I'm really interested in, in this aspect of mental health. I want to focus here on mental health within romantic relationships. Now, oh. that is um, both if you're experiencing love with your partner, no matter what orientation you're in, or whether you're trying to, you're a single person and won't put yourself out there. I think, quite frankly, now at times, obviously love is great. Love is love. It's Pride Month. It's a good time to um, also to express this. So I think one thing to make clear, and you mentioned this earlier in the show, is everyone, no one, when it comes to finding a companion, a partner, someone who has your back, we all, all of us want that special connection with someone and ultimately hopefully turns to a romantic one. So obviously we'll first focus on when you're a single person and seeing out there now in a time of dating, especially with social media, people will show off their relationships and stuff and love is beautiful. I'm really a fan of it. But it's also, <laughs> Hey, and we encourage it. No, be happy with your partner. I think that they brighten your life. And put yourself on social media to prove, to show where the brightness comes. And it's inspiring for some. Now, there's also some people who feel like, man, I want that or I need that or I need that at this time in my life. So I would love to hear your thoughts. Like when it comes to being a single person, put yourself out there. I feel like a lot of people, whether it's through dating apps now, it's popular or, you know, putting yourself out there. Sometimes I feel people get very nervous about the alone part of their life. And like, if they're dating all these people are going on dates and God knows I've been an example of this before is that, you know, failed first dates or stuff like that. It's like, and you think for yourself, man, is there something wrong with me? Is why, why am I not clicking with these people or whatever? The way I've looked at it. And I think fairly recently that there is somebody you will have a genuine connection with. And once you have that, you don't take advantage of it. And, you know, my dating history, and it's not as long as others. I really didn't start dating until a few years ago. I've definitely learned my mistakes from it and can be honest with it. And, like, I understand why some of my relationships ended the way they did. Now, never really had, like, really bad, a toxic breakup or anything like that. All civilly, thank God, at least I believe so. And, um, but there's also times where, like, you know, where I messed up and not uh, showing it, whether it's like, I'll say right here, the times relationships didn't end, whether I was too busy, I didn't give the time to my partners at the time, or honestly, one of the dumb things I've ever done dating, which I don't do anymore, is trying to date multiple people at once, which was, I learned, I thought at the time was like, oh, I'm cool and stuff like that. Oh, this will all pan out one or the other. And I learned, wow, if you actually do that, you can't give your actual connection with someone you have that genuine connection with. And I've definitely lost out on um, getting to know someone and establishing someone because I would date different girls at once. Now this wasn't, now I'm not saying I was in a relationship and doing infidelity. That's not true. This was all like talking. Yeah. That's, I just want to make clear of that. I've that is a wholesome me. man. So all my ladies <laughs> listening. Wholesome but, man. Okay. I appreciate those kind words. Thank you. <laughs> but like at the time, like in different talking phases, like, there were times where I would go on three dates a night. 
I've done that before, and that was not nice um, for on my perspective. I give it to you. I feel like that's a lot of energy. That's yeah, topic. I mean, at the time you thought you were on top, but you know, when I'm on one day to eat a dinner, I'm hoping like, oh, I gotta meet this person at this time. You're like, oh. Ooh. yeah, or like, okay, this is interesting, but whatever. I'm not feeling this connection. I'll just so see someone else. And I learned that from doing that, that you can't like, as we talked about, how can I give someone my time and attention if I'm just thinking about the other perspective or like I used to be somebody who would date and I just really didn't want a relationship without it that. And that's not fair to the person I was talking to at the time or like, man, I have to get out of this situation because I just want to see another shorty. And that was my downfall. And that was uh, why now after experiencing that and, you know, I probably was dumb and I hurt people and that's on me. And I feel awful that I made someone feel not special. And that's, and I've made those mistakes. And now I'm really changing the way the respectives and, you know, whomever I'm talking to now. And like now I'm more prepared than ever. And I can appreciate them for them because I'm not thinking of just getting another option. And I think that's where my dating history has come. And that did cause a lot of anxiety that caused a lot of insecurities and it really took until someone breaking up with me that out of the blue, that I was like, wow, I need to reflect. Why did I get this in this position? And I was wondering, you know, you, of course, I would love to hear your thoughts about this and um, how, you know, I'm probably not the only person with this and I'm not the only person in this um, orientation as well. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts of what I've been um, talking about and how like in talking phases and trying to establish a connection, where can we, mentally give our energy so that we can ultimately create the best connection with someone. Once again, just my thoughts, perspectives. I am a nobody at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) First off, it's a thing that I hope you are giving yourself enough compassion (laughs) and forgiveness for the things that you've been through. Just for the simple fact, you did what you with what you knew at the time, you know, because I feel like there is a very big emphasis emphasis within like, I'll say like pop culture, you know, there's always that like that whole phase, you know, where like, oh, I got that yeah. shorties, <laughs> guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lord knows, <laughs> Lord knows, Lord knows, but God has blessed me with my amazing man. So blessings. Love it. Shouts to, we know who, so great yeah. man over there. So yeah. you, But it is a thing where, from my own experience, I will be the first to admit that you need to know, in a sense, what you want. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that means it's a relationship or marriage or no. Yeah. But you should have a decent understanding of what you want. So then it's easier to avoid some of these situations and issues. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Like, if you and I were friends during this phase, I'd be like, yo, Matt, live your best life. Mm-hmm. I ain't your mother. I can't tell you what to do. Right. But are you making it clear to these shorties on what you're doing and what the game plan mm-hmm. is? You know? And if you know you have to lie or, like, finagle and finesse to, like, mm-hmm. get something done, once again... Are you okay with someone doing that to you? 
Two, are you willing to handle what may be a result of these actions? And I didn't say consequence because it's not always a consequence. And consequence, I feel like, has a very negative connotation to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you need to be open-minded in regards to what you are opening up right now. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're talking to three, four different shorties Mm -hmm. and you know you haven't made it clear to them like, hey, this isn't serious or this is more casual dating because that's still a thing and there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. But you need to make things clear because now you need to think, what am I opening up right now? As you saw, am I going to have to be rushing in? Oh, you know, finagle Mm -hmm. a story to leave this one shorty to get to the next one. Yep. Da, 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 da. And even though there may be some thrill and fun to it, when you really sit back and take that minute of reflection, are you really doing this to be happy or are you doing this for something else? And I... For me personally, that's one of the most difficult conversations to have with yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. So in terms of someone being single, I would always encourage for your own, even your own mental health, your own energy, your own benefit, figure out what you want. Because you need to imagine a time where you knew what in a sense you wanted and someone else didn't. I doubt any of you can really tell me like, oh, yeah, I love that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That time was amazing. I was not anxious. Or I wasn't mad and none of that. Mm-hmm. I doubt anyone could tell me that. Boy, the issues for yourself, but two, it's also a thing for more of that self-love that we were speaking about earlier. You need to love yourself. You need to be okay with being alone with just yourself. Yeah. And if you can't be alone with yourself, ask yourself why. Why are you afraid of being alone? Why do you feel like you are craving and needing this attention or companionship or whatever it may be, whatever you are kind of craving or looking for maybe through this relationship? And my next thing will be to encourage people, is this you? Can you still maintain your own self-identity? Because unfortunately... Not every relationship, of course, but, and I know you've seen it too, people lose themselves in relationships. I don't know if you've experienced that. I know, well, I have, where I've lost myself in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I wasn't me. I was slowly but surely losing my identity because I was doing what I could to cater to my partner at the time. Yep. Even though I knew realistically it wasn't me and what Lee likes or what Lee wants to do or, you know. And like I said, Lord knows I got stories for days, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but also fortunately as well. Like I said, you live and you learn. Right. So when it comes to being single, those are like the main things that I will always encourage someone because those are, in my experience, the top three things that really help shape my point of view in regards to dating and how I want to handle dating. Because, you know, we all we all a little toxic at one point. Right. Fortunately, you don't know. Unless if you've been, you know, and I'm not saying it hasn't, but unless if you've been in the environment opportunity to actually know how to love accordingly and appropriately and what's that definition for you. So many of us have different definitions based on what we've seen in our environment and growing up, you know? So 
at the end of the day, you know, you just, like I said, so many different things to do. Yeah. I love you. And when that's you also, somebody else. And that's where confidence comes in. I learned that confidence as I got older. People say, how do you gain someone's interest? Oh, they love confidence. What I learned confidence is, at least my perspective, is you're confident enough in yourself that you're okay, that if this strikes out, you are okay. You're just as happy as you were coming up to the plate. Exactly. And that's how I came with that. And that's also where the confidence of being myself, not beyond my dating life or professional life, is just knowing that there's worth here in myself. And it did take embarrassing moments. It took breakups. It took those times for that. But now in my dating life for the rest of my life, that I can give that undivided attention to my potential partner and knowing that I'm going to be okay either way. And hopefully they recognize it and then they'll be willing to share a connection and grow with me. That's the same in dating. That's the same in my family's life. That's the same, especially in a, you know my job searches and anyone's job searches. It's being yourself and there will be someone who recognize it. And that's where the natural things will come and you will generally be happy. So it did take, and it took, you know, sad heartbreaks, listening to Drake music and um, whatever, but it, uh, it helped made things the way they were supposed to be. I really believe that. And from now on, I'm okay with how life goes from here. It's going to be okay in that perspective. And I just hope and pray that people's peace gets them to that point as well. My and, friends, if you're listening to me right now, remind yourself, you are a badass queen. Mm-hmm. You are a badass king. Yes. You are popping in all degrees and angles. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror tonight. I'm very big on positive affirmations, even though I unfortunately don't do it enough for myself sometimes. You are purpose. You are loved. You are made with divine intention. And I'm repeating it one more time for y'all. You are love. You are purpose. You are made with divine intention. Say it in whatever order, because I think I messed up the order anyway. Look in the mirror. Look at yourself. Same way that you would be talking to your friends right now. Those few friends that you hold dearly that, you know, when they have their rough moments and you're like, yo... I need you to remind yourself that you are a badass person. Do that for yourself. Because unfortunately, a lot of us don't give our own energy to ourselves. Your homework. That's all I want for you, my friends. Wow. You know, that is a great place to end this part of the conversation with that. And I thank you for that. And thank you for being open. Thank you for your bravery. And thank you for helping put things in perspective and understanding, one, we're not alone that everything does happen for a reason. And now it's time. Remember, mental health awareness. We're not talking about mental illness awareness, mental health awareness. And that this is going to make things together to understand to understand the human being aspects once and for all. And I really hope that we could continue and have another conversation like this. Oh, there's, there's going to be so- a part two. I already yes. said it. That's okay. There's going to be a part two. Exactly. Whether on this show or, of course, Mental Health Declassified, I definitely want to continue these conversations and put things in perspective for my audience and yours and everyone else, which is exactly why it's productive. Hence why the show is here together. So Leonor, as I end every first appearance on the show, I just want to say we have to end it off with the Prouts questionnaire, which is 10 deep, but 
short but deep questions that'll put everything in perspective. And I really am excited to see what you say, have to say on these questions. So are you ready for the props questionnaire? Don't talk too much. Don't talk too much. I'm ready. Oh, I encourage you to talk as long as you want. We're already, Lord knows, you're going to have to make this episode like a spoiler. Like, oh, catch part two on another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a great ride either way. So with that, let's get that props questionnaire in there. What's your favorite word, Leonore? Favorite word? I don't even know. Unique. Really? I like that. What's your least favorite word? Hate. Good answer. So this question, as I say, this is not necessarily a sexual question, though some, a couple people have answered it that way, but, and it's just funny. But um, my question right now is, uh, what turns you on in this world? It's more of a life fulfillment question. What brings you life in this world? Pretty much. I might have to change it to what brings you life. Cause what turns you on? That's a. Yeah. Like I said, I can answer both. I ain't got no shame. Lord knows you got me on another conversation for like sex talks. Um, what turns me on? What provides fulfillment for me? I would genuinely say just being the biggest, not biggest, but a very big empath. If I can help someone not feel the way I feel like I have felt, whether it's listening to me or me being able to help one way, that is what provides true joy for me. I love working with the community to help better the situation. So I yeah. am. Great answer right there. So with that, what turns you off in this world? You got another hour? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, friends. I know I must be talking way too much. Um, Definitely not. There's never such thing as talking too much on this show. (laughs) There's so many things I do not like about this world. Inequality. Racism. uh, Mm -hmm. And ignorance, even though it's not, not always a bad thing, just ignorance when it when it. When you choose to be ignorant, let me right. clarify that. Great answer once again. And with that, what sound or noise do you love? I'm a dancer. I love music. However, something I love, I love the sound of waves. Oh, the right. water's a safe place, so any of my wave fans. Mm-hmm. Waves roll high indeed. So with that, what sort of noise do you hate? I'm allergic to mad bugs, so I hate like hearing the flying noise when it just like goes near you and you're like, yo. Oh, especially this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? <sighs> Babe, help me out here. Do I have a favorite curse word? <laughs> I need I need a Jeopardy line real quick. I think there's a few. That's why I don't know. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fucking, yeah. I get it from my father. <laughs> <laughs> what profession other than the many you have would you also like to attempt? I want to say I'm a professional, but <sighs> are we talking like realistic or like? Yeah, anything. If if you want to be a uh, if you want to be an astronaut, 
all right. If you want to be a uh, leader of a nonprofit organization, that's good, too. If you want to be an actor or a coal miner or a hat maker, of course, whatever it is, just what so I'm going to do a mixture of like reality with also fantasy. I would love to run my own business or organization organization where I can provide recreational resources as well as educational and therapeutical resources to urban communities where I can then utilize and showcase my many uh, hats in terms of Mm -hmm. art, swim instructing, dancing, you know, my management skills, interacting with the community and event coordinating. Like I could do it all, bro. I really would. But, you know, I think something tells me that you will be making that a reality at some point in the near future. So next is what profession would you not like to do? Oh, would I not like to do? There's a lot of things I wouldn't mind doing. However, working in corporate like an accountant, mm-hmm. I don't think I can do it, bro. Not for you, not for you. And nothing wrong with that either. So my final question for today is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? My Lord speaks to me every day in different ways. So I genuinely feel like when my when it's my time, I will be not necessarily greeted by him, but by my guardian spirits and angels that are just waiting for me. Now that can't get any more wholesome than that. When we unite with those special people. So Tell us one more time, Leonora, where can we find the links and where can we find your content and mental health declassified content? Don't mind me. I got really emotional for a very quick second. You got to find me underscore Leonore underscore Marie. That's my personal IG. I also have an art page that you can find through my main page, of course, for mental health declassified the way it's spelled. Add us. You will find us on Instagram, TikTok. Our website is mentalhealthdeclassified.org. So just type in Mental Health Declassified, Apple, Spotify, whatever you're using to hear this podcast, you'll most likely be able to find us. And yeah, pretty much it. You need spelling. I think you will look at the description that Matt will graciously provide you and you will be able to find everything. And if not, you'll find me in Springfield, Massachusetts. Come to the field, my friends. Come to the field. We're not that bad. Absolutely. Leonor, I have enjoyed this conversation. And I know for a fact that a lot of our audience members did too. Thank you for the time. Let's continue this conversation very soon. Trust to the homie Biddy for making this all possible as well. Thanks, And with that, I'll see you very soon. That's the great. Leonor. I all uh, sorry, Leonor Aya Sanchez. Excuse me for that, but thank you for an amazing appearance, and I'll see you very, very soon. Have a great thank night. Thank you to the lovely Matt Brown, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Wow. All I can say is wow after this podcast. Leonore, you are an amazing woman, and thank you for giving this great awareness to mental health and just dealing with stresses of life 
to me and my audience. This conversation right here is exactly what instills the name, the Productive Conversations Podcast. It was productive. It was special. It was informative. It was entertaining. And it was deep and real. That's why this is a podcast. That's why this show is a thing. To have legitimate, productive conversations like the one we had today. And yeah, I'm very proud of this episode. And Lenore, thank you so much for your energy and uh, bringing things to light. I got so much out of it. And I know this audience appreciates you for it. So thank you, Lenore. Just want to remind you all that we will be back on Thursday. And who do we have? We have Hostin Saintville, a.k.a. Saint Wave. Saint Wave is coming on to promote his new album, Radiation, which is available on Spotify. As we see this artist get out of his cocoon and really show his artistry, his talent, his production value. Saint Wave has a lot to say, and it is no doubt a great productive conversation. So check that out on Thursday. I can't thank my guest Leonor enough for bringing us such a great energy and giving us a great show to work with and enjoy. And I just want to thank you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world, for making this show possible, for tuning in every week, and giving us something to enjoy and appreciate. Thank you to the audience for making the show possible. With that, my name is Matt Brown. I will see you in a few days. And also shout out to Norwalk High School Baseball, the Class L State Champions. Let's go Norwalk! So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. And we will see you on Thursday with the great Saints Wade. Peace!